A different future starts with you. That's why GoDaddy does more than help you find a name. You can create, sell, and get found online so any small business can make a change. We need a new generation of thinking. Your way of thinking. Start different at GoDaddy.com. If you've recovered from COVID-19 or unknowingly been exposed to it, you may have antibodies that could help COVID-19 patients donate blood and receive testing for COVID-19 antibodies. Visit Vitalant.org today. This is an ode to Napa cabbage. Of all the cabbages on all the cabbage farms, only you have the crisp crunch worthy of our Bibigo Korean dumplings. No other cabbage would do, because no other cabbage tastes like you. We love you, Napa cabbage. Just don't tell Green Onion. Napa cabbage, one of many obsessively crafted ingredients in every hearty, flavorful Korean dumpling from Bibigo. Go handcrafted. Go Bibigo. Authentic Korean dumplings now in the freezer aisle. On episode 57 of Confessions of a Marketer, we're talking marketing after the attention economy. Hi, it's Mark Reed Edwards. Welcome back to Confessions of a Marketer. I've got Cahill Puel back. He's here to continue our chat about marketing as we move beyond the attention economy. We'll get to that in just a moment. Next time, we've got Chris Clegg of Portma in to chat about creating stronger marketing with data. And soon we'll have Tisha Miller of iCrossing in to talk about the intersection of technology and marketing. And Ben Afield will be back here to share his language manifesto. Corinne Conroy will join us to talk about whole-brained marketing. And Josh Martin will be back in to dig a bit more into product marketing. Lots more in store. I want to invite you to have a listen to my other venture, the innovation podcast, The iPod with Garnett Harriman. Lots of fun stuff happening over there. Head over to the innovationpodcast.co to tune in. Okay, last time Cahill and I discussed the attention economy. Today we look to the world beyond. What's next? How can we deal with the piles of data and sort the wheat from the chaff? What can marketers do to remain relevant? And what trends is Cahill watching? You'll want to stay with us for this one. So let's get to it. Behind all of this, in between the lines is data, right? And that's growing exponentially. I've been doing this podcast for a year and a half, and I called it Confessions of a Marketer because I thought we'd talk about marketing. And in fact, we've talked a lot about data. And it's everywhere now. It's it's embedded into everything that we do as marketers. But we need to be able to sort the wheat from the chaff. How do you recommend marketers do that? I agree with you that data is everywhere. And I think that the one big challenge that marketers have to overcome is understanding what their OKRs really are. So your objectives and key results. Yeah. What is it that you're really trying to do? Yeah, okay, it's great to have a like on Instagram. It's great to have a retweet or a comment. But what are you really trying to do? And are your efforts moving towards that result? And that's how you should really start to, I think, leverage your data. And and again, like you said, sort the wheat from the shaft because otherwise it's just an overwhelming amount of you know micro data points that, by the way, are going to start increasing as we get more and more connected. And again, I think it really comes down to that. What's that key result that you're trying to drive? Yeah. So it takes planning. Correct. And getting everybody kind of together on the same page as it were. Absolutely. And you know, those OKRs can shift. They can change. Maybe you thought your ultimate metric was 
you know, getting someone on the email list. And it really turns out that that's actually not, that's not the, the, the thing that's driving your business or it's not the, the thing that's moving the needle, so to speak. And again, you can shift that. That's fine, but you do need to have that focal point so that you're not, you're not busy wasting time saying, okay, should we send it at 7 a.m. or 7.30 a.m.? Or how about 12 p.m.? Or what about, right. you know what I mean? There's yeah. just way too many data points to look at. We've all been in organizations where we've done OKRs or weekly reports or, you know, some, some form of that. How do you get that from being just something that you check off your to-do list every week or every month and make it part of what you do in your job every moment of every day? I think it comes back to the, your vision. So if your vision is to move the industry in a specific way or to help launch a specific number of entrepreneurs in a specific way or to you know, create more X, Y, and Z, then you, you're constantly looking at, are our OKRs moving towards that target or not? And that is, a, I think, a constant check-in that you, you, you do on maybe not a daily basis, but a weekly basis. You're yeah. probably looking at, hey, is this, is this moving us a step closer to where we want to be? So what are the three or four things marketers should be doing every day to make sure their marketing is relevant? You've probably covered some of it, but just give me you know, a few things that we can check off. Sure. I think having a great why is absolutely paramount. Like that's, that's the core that everything is built off of. Once you have that, then things start to align towards that. So, you know, checking that your brand voice in everything that you do in marketing. So social, email marketing, content marketing, blog marketing, PR, is your voice aligned to the why? Is your voice aligned to what you believe? You know, that's a huge one. Mm. I think building with consistency. I know myself, I've made mistakes in the past where you know, we've done sprints in, in a certain direction and just haven't given that traction channel enough time to give us meaningful or significant results. And so I think that having a, a consistency in what you're doing you know, every day or every week or a few times a week, you know, it's like, hey, we're going to do this five hours a week, every single week for six months. That consistency, I think, really drives exponential results down the road. Right? I believe I'm trying to think of who said it, but it was like a one percent improvement every day. It does not seem like much, but it leads to exponential levels of of improvement a year down the road. And that's the same kind of thing that we're we're looking to do. So, yeah, regardless of whether that's social content marketing, email marketing, ads, SEO, etc., it's just consistently doing it and not trying to go for the shiny next thing that's hot or trending. Yeah, I always call that a few yards in a cloud of dust. Ah, I like that one. <laughs> because incremental progress is actually what wins the day. You know, scoring a long bomb touchdown is the rarity. 100% agree. And, you know, I get frustrated with that as does everyone else. You know, you think, okay, we're, we're really hammering out social and it's just not doing anything yet. And it's, you just need to give it time, but consistently do it. Yeah. Like consistency is, is extremely important. COVID-19 patients need your help. If you fully recovered from COVID-19. Or unknowingly been exposed to it. You may have the antibodies that could help COVID-19 patients recover. 
donate blood, and receive testing for COVID-19 antibodies. Visit Vitalant.org today to schedule an appointment to donate blood. That's V-I-T-A-L-A-N-T dot org. Help save lives and schedule your appointment at Vitalant.org. You could help save lives. So let's look ahead to the future. Any trends in 2019 or beyond that you're following or anticipating? Absolutely. I think privacy and transparency are becoming more and more relevant. So we've seen GDPR happen over in Europe, and we don't quite have those rules uh, here in the United States yet. Uh, But I think that that is going to start happening. I mean, Facebook just announced that they're going to quote unquote air quotes here become a privacy-focused platform. Yeah, I'll believe that when it happens. <laughs> I, I probably won't believe it when it happens because <laughs> right. it's, it's Facebook after all. Um, <laughs> fantastic tool for, for marketers, but I think their track record of actually pulling through on what they've said they were going to do is, is very, very poor. So I think privacy and, and transparency are going to become very key. This, again, ties back to the Viz economy, right? Yeah. If we start to have regulations or uh, rules in place that block marketers from leveraging data in specific ways, you really want to connect with an audience that believes in what you believe. Like that's where you get that. That's where you get people to market for you, right? And that's where the, again, the attention economy starts to drop off because you can't spam, you know, 50,000 emails or you can't blast Twitter with, one tweet every 10 minutes, like, you know, you know, I know those are exaggerations, but yeah. you can't do that. We need to connect with people. So I think privacy and transparency are huge. I think the virtue signaling is something to watch out for. It's the whole, hey, we're, we're going to be, again, air quotes, environmental, or we're going to be diverse, or we're going to be named the trend that's happening. Yeah. And I think, again, if it's not core to your brand, this is something to really like be careful of of jumping into virtue signaling just to get likes or attention. So I think those those are pretty important. And then I think long term, we're going to see 2019 we've already seen it by the way, but it's it's going to pick up more speed where you you're going to see long form content become more and more relevant. So we're talking guides, like long-form guides, Hmm. long-form reports, long-form podcasts, long-form videos. If you look at a person like Joe Rogan, again, regardless of whether you like the podcast or not, I believe he gets more views per episode now than most media companies in the United States. So for example, he will have Elon Musk on and in two or three days, he'll have 10 million views on YouTube and millions of views on his podcast. This type of content is really going to become more prevalent as we move forward. And again, it ties back to the Viz economy. I think it's going to become more prevalent as we move forward because of the overabundance of all these little media hits. And what people are going to start doing is they're going to start seeking out more content that aligns with how they believe the world or the industry should be. And if you're not producing that content or if you're not on that that long-term trend, I think that it's going to be very difficult to compete with companies that are. And content is just 
what I do for a living, but it's it's really important and really good quality content also. The trend of, you know, a few years ago where you could write a short article on your blog and fill it up with keywords and have Google recognize it. Right. Those days are gone. Content has to be valuable. And a hundred percent. And, and, you know, just like you, I, we've got a team that, that does that, but I also personally write, you know, at this point, it's anywhere from four to, to eight articles a week. And it lo- it's based on the, based on the traction that we're getting, um, or that I'm getting. It looks like it's going to be even more. But again, that it's important to put that long form content in. You know, those are a thousand word, yeah. word posts, right? And everyone is completely unique. And it, it is a, it is a lot of work. Yes. But that long form content, I think is going to be a huge, huge trend moving forward. You know, like Joe Rogan's podcast. Um, I believe with Alex Jones, one of the, one of his most recent ones, it was four hours long. <laughs> yeah, with that's, a, that's long form. That's a long time. And that had millions of views, right. millions of people watched four hours of nonstop content. Now you might've paused it, but that is insane. When you consider just a couple of years ago, it was, here are the top four trends for 2019, and it was a 500-word yeah. article. That right? was a listicle. Those have gone the way of the dodo bird. And and I don't listen to Joe Rogan. I know who he is, and I've, I've kind of heard bits and pieces of his podcast. But it is a fascinating development that a guy like him, Bill Simmons, right. and Mark Maron have these. Tim Ferriss. You know, yep. Yeah, these small kind of operations. I can't imagine there's more than a few people in that operation and they're getting millions of views. Yeah, I, I completely agree with you. And I think it really goes back to, again, the, this, this vis economy concept. Mm. It's not like Joe Rogan's not competing for your attention. Neither is Bill Simmons. Neither is Tim Ferriss. And yet they, they have millions and millions of views. They're tremendous influencers. They, from a revenue perspective, make millions of dollars and they're not trying to blast you on Twitter all the time or advertise to you all the time on Facebook. They're not doing that. Yeah. And I think it goes back to this concept. So I've found with my little podcast here that the traction I get is with the podcast. I find that the social media posts and and, you know, if I do LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, I don't get nearly as much traction there as I do with listens on the podcast. Right. And, and, and again, I think, I think this is, this is a, a larger trend that will continue to pick up steam, you know, as, as we move forward in, in the upcoming years. Well, this has been great, Cahill. This is a lot of valuable information that I'm sure my listeners will love. I really appreciate you joining me. Yeah, I appreciate having, having me on. It's been fun. Thanks to Cahill for being here. We're back next time with Chris Clegg of Portma. He'll be here to chat about creating stronger marketing with data. So join us again then. This episode of Confessions of a Marketer was written, produced, and edited by yours truly. T. Jordan of A-Class Productions wrote the theme music. Confessions of a Marketer is a trademark of Reed Edwards Global Inc. And this episode is copyright 2019. I'm Mark Reed Edwards. See you next time. You've never tried to eyeball six feet as often as you do now. You wear a mask, you wash your hands, 
and you've stayed within the walls of your apartment for more hours than you care to add up. But unless you live in a smoke-free building, you're not exactly home free. Secondhand smoke drifting through the cracks in walls or sink drains carries toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. And right now, lung health is key. Go to tobaccofreeca.com to learn how to stay safe.